0: Hello, I'm an expensive voice actor and you're listening to Regular Features, the podcast that is the same every week. The lads have paid me a cool two-figure sum to record an intro to their little podcast because I have got a suave voice that lends an air of sexual confidence and authority to any audio recording. And you can hire me too. I have no moral framework for accepting or refusing work so if you want someone to say your dad takes two dice into the toilet and only wipes his bum if he rolls a double six or hey mum nice bra be ashamed if it got unclasped by my army of robots or your dad flushes the toilet while he's still sat down because he likes to feel the splash of water on his balls then just hooked me up with the commission, baby. But I shouldn't talk for long because you'll get over-excited by my seductive, velvety tom bra. And I don't want you to start leaking pre-cum into your adult nappies. What I've got in front of me here on this table in front of me are three audio bombs ticking away on the table in front of me and I fancy filling my lug holes with the shrapnel of a good Og Vorbis. I'm just gonna cut the wire on the first of these bad eggs.
1: Hello, readers. It's me, Jean-Luc Picard. Steve couldn't be here this week because he got a bad head, so I've stepped in to fill his boots. Welcome aboard the USS Enterprise. I am Captain Jean-Luc Picard, full name Jonathan Lukewarm Picardy Breezer. My mission, to boldly go where no one has ever even been. Allow me to give you the tour. This is the holodeck where absolutely anything can happen. Computer, generate seven gallons of Earl Grey spilling out of the mouth of Daniela Westbrook. Now make Daniela Westbrook bounce around the room like she's a DVD logo. See? Anything goes down in Holodeck Town. Computer, load my onion bhaji scenario. Just look at you now. You're topless, standing on your balcony, eating an onion bhaji like it's an apple. Thank goodness for the safety protocols, because there's hot, hot grease dripping down your naked arm. Let's move on to the warp core where Geordi LaForge is finishing up some calibrations. The warp core is basically the engine of the starship and uses dilithium crystals instead of petrol. And instead of wheels, we have big sticks on the side of the spaceship that goes and over here, look, it's my dad, Data. He's a robot from another dimension with yellow eyes and a dick that goes on for miles. Look at this, it's a fucking Klingon. And over here is Commander Riker, who I call number one, on account of how long it takes him to do a piss. This is the big chair where I sit and say, engage, and, oh no, Romulums, and make it so, 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 so. Computer end simulation. Aha, we're back on the holodeck. It was all a holodeck simulation the entire freaking time, which is also the series finale twist of Star Trek Enterprise, as well as Dallas and the final season of Roseanne. Thank you for visiting me about my crazy space house. Now I'll teleport you back to Log as my accent is at critical, critically low levels now. This is Jean-Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise. One to beam out. Goodbye, goodbye, go away. Hey, back so soon,
0: I'm just sitting on the deck of this yacht that I bought from all the money I made saying things like Is endocrinology the career for you? Enter promo code MONSPUBIS at checkout and you've got to stop blaming it on the boogie, Duncan You know what, I'm still picking the flaky pastry of that last feature out of my thick luxuriant beard, but you know what, I'm already ready for another. So I just want you to imagine my throat resting on your taint, my vocal fry juddering your gooch, while I intone ancient words of power in a forgotten tongue only for your torso to explode and shower the fertile ground with my voice, babies. Oh, and there's a feature too. Hello from the thrilling, the famous, and the very well-advertised Caves of Nottingham, where every step you take could be your last, and every divot in the sandstone walls could contain the worm that will eventually become your beloved adopted son like little Henry here. Oh, I fell in love with Henry the second I saw him all curled up and squeaking to himself in a tiny stone recess so I decided to pop my finger in there and to this day I wear Henry like a little wedding ring. Come on Henry, say hello. Come on, don't be shy. Say hello to the ladies and gentlemen at home. What's that? You say you don't want to come out because the ladies and gentlemen won't like you. Because you're a horrible little worm. And you'll only come out if they give you a big cheer. Right, I'm sorry about this, readers. This is just like the 1980s ventriloquist Keith Harris and his rotten duck Orville used to do at the beginning of their stage shows. Orville used to hide in a box and say he wasn't coming out until everyone cheered. It was frankly horrible behavior. In retrospect, I'm beginning to think that Keith Harris's other puppet, Cuddles the Monkey, whose catchphrase was, I hate that duck, was actually on the right side of history. I'll, I'll tell Henry, I'm sorry, you shouldn't have to deal with this. Henry. If you can only get your self-esteem by blackmailing people into cheering for you, chances are you're a piece of shit. When Orville forced the boys and girls to clap before he'd do his act, that was needy, coercive, and a real red flag in any ventriloquist puppet relationship. It would have been better for Orville, and for Keith Harris if I'm being honest, if the children in that audience had shouted, Fuck off for ten minutes! <coughs> <sighs> okay Henry, my beloved son, it's time for us to part ways. I'll just leave you on this rock. Next to that famished crow. Good luck, Henry. Sorry about that. Worms can be a bit much. So, like I said, I've decided to escape from the endless parade of storms in the thrilling, famous, well-advertised Caves of Nottingham, where Robin Hood once hid from the sheriff in a tanning pit, and where Torvill and Dean spent two weeks having athletic sex before their perfect ice-dancing performance in the 1984 Olympics. Some say that Dean came with such force that the impact blasted Torvill's Easter bonnet clean off her head, which explains why she wasn't wearing her trademark Easter bonnet during that immaculate bolero in Sarajevo. The only problem with spending time down here is that the caves are a bit of a tourist trap and you're not allowed in without a tour guide. So I've had to pay a tenner to this bozo just to get out of the wind. Can I, can I ask you to put on your grippy plimsolls please? There's some slimy moss down here today and we're not allowed to get rid of it until the mayor's had a taste. Well, I've paid my tenner and I've got my grippiest plimsolls on. So let's sally forth on this cavern adventure. Follow me. Mind the crows. And the werewolves and the the cats just duck under that swinging axe and here we are in the relative safety of the banqueting cave. As you can see, this is a lovely big room built for pleasure, the pleasures of the appetites. There is a banqueting table in the middle of the room with a large cheese on it and also a gold bar. But beware, you can only fit one item in your rucksack. There are exits to the north and to the east pictures adorn the walls one picture is of a gold bar with a cross through it and then next to it is some cheese with a tick on it and there's a sign that says watch out hungry mouses to the east and next to that is a picture of Nottingham Royalty the band KWS who had a hit in 1992 with this song North 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 North. North Oh boy, oh boy. I am going to take the gold bar and then I am going to go north. Are you sure? The wisdom of KWS would seem to be guiding you- Northwards? oh (laughs) Uh, It grieves me to say that your adventure ends here. Well, that was a bit quicker than usual. I've got a few minutes to spare now. And I suppose I can start doing this Dungeon Master voice. I know, I'll have a look through my Twitter draft, see if there's anything worth posting. Here is one. That feeling when you're holding out two palmfuls of moss with your eyes closed and you can feel the mayor's breath on your forearms. Now that's that's very relatable for me as it describes 50% of my job. I harvest the very best cave mosses so that Rosemary Healy, the mayor of Nottingham, can devour them. Uh, you know that feeling when you take your socks off and a dog starts licking your foot and after 15 seconds or so you start getting uncomfortable because the dog's Clearly getting too much pleasure out of it, and, to be honest, you are too. Well, having a mayor's tongue exploring your finger webs, knowing that if you open your eyes, she'll have you murdered by building regs, it's an emotional ride, I can tell you. I can't post it, though. Um, Here's another one. Mm, There's purple moss growing in the caves to the north. All the worms near it seem angry and evil, like off the New Dark Crystal. This draughts folder is a veritable bounty of exposition. Here's another. Tried feeding the mayor some purple moss. She ripped off her mayoral garb and sang the Oogachaka bit from Hooked on a Feeling while slapping her palms on the floor. Now, I can't post that. I'd I'd be signing my own death warrant if she found out I peeped while she fed off me hands. My guts would be garters if she found out I knew about her long muscular proboscis and the CD slot in her tummy. All the moss is purple now and everything is evil. I can only pray that a new heroic strain of golden moss arrives. Oh, God, he's coming back. i better put my voice back on so you can tell the difference between us. Hey, everyone! I'm back from the caves in the north. I kept a very detailed journal, which I shall now read. I went north, and there were some sound effects. I nearly died, but then I met a goblin and a jester, and I answered a riddle, and cast a big spell. For dinner, I had spaghetti hoops. Yay! Then I found some golden moss, which I threw into some lava because I was jealous of its beauty. The jester wept and said I had doomed the caves of Nottingham to a thousand years of darkness, and I told him I didn't live in the caves, so he was going to have to find another way to make me Give a shit. All in all, I give today a solid 7 out of 10, and today's featured MSN Messenger emoji shortcut is an H in brackets. So, that is me. That is my feature done for this week. I am Log, and now I'm going to hand you back to that sexy voice guy. You would, though, wouldn't you? Oh, I know I would. You know, it's not easy having this beautiful voice. I only have to say, hi, I'm Lenten Boulevard, the voice actor, and everyone just starts squirting out pheromones until we're all kissing, kissing in a fog of musk that binds all flesh together and turns Leicester Square into a pulsating biomass. do real promo work too. Check this out. By the Lair of the Clockwork God, a point-and-click adventure spit-roast in which Dan Marvel stubbornly nudges his chode into your funny bone, while Ben Ward ruts like a goddamn jackhammer directly into your puzzle spot. That's Lair of the Clockwork God. The developers describe the content like this. Frequent swearing, but cartoon violence and no nudity slash sex. Correct, Lair of the Clockwork God. You can buy Lair of the Clockwork God now on Steam. And Dan and Ben aren't paying me a goddamn penny to say that, so you can be sure that it's either sincere or we're bumming. I believe it's time for the third and final feature which comes from abroad,
2: and is therefore, good. Hello, readers. Greetings from America, the land of the freedom, the home of an apple. They got chocolate lining their mouths. I'm in a bed, a hotel bed in San Francisco. I'm nude as the day I was born. Let me tell you, I'm feeling pretty free out here. I feel like I could get a gold medal for patriotism. I've been on a work trip for some time. Uh, I'm now in San Francisco. I was in Las Vegas, home of mafia men looking at you all the time when you just want to walk around. Or at least that's how I felt in Vegas. Uh, It's a vaguely frightening place. But the point of all of this is I haven't been able to participate in my regular features duties. And so what I've been doing in the meantime is trying to Trying to sort of hone my skills to bring back um, an authentic taste of America in my acting for future Regular Features episodes. And the best place for that is, of course, American taxis, which are exclusively peopled by fucking maniacs. I was in a taxi the other day, and I got a glimpse into the very heart of American societal concerns... From a man whose name I can't remember, but I bet it was something like um, Gus or 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 Dean. You know those monosyllabic ones where all the vowels sound wrong. Dean. So um, so Dean would kind of walked us through his opinions on a, a, a few topics, and I've been mulling those around in my head. And I thought what I'd do is I'd perform my own versions of. Uh, societal concerns he's brought up, and then I'd play his parts, because obviously I started recording him, Uh, and I'd play his parts, and then I'd play my parts, and you just guess which is which. So this is very much a test for me, but hopefully a little insight into American uh, ideals for you, as well as, you know, just just a bit of fun. So the first two clips you're going to hear are on the theme of uh, how terrible San Francisco is, mainly because of uh, excrement. So, uh, I'll play the two clips. You guess which one's the real one from Dean? If you're
3: going to San Francisco, be sure to wear some flowers in your we should build a facility. For them to have a decent place to sleep instead of a damn sidewalk they tell me you can't even say anything in front of the people right if they poop in front of the establishment you just gotta let it be you can't even say anything do anything to them right yeah i know
2: i've never I've seen, seen a person poop on the street
3: yeah they got this thing uh they told me uh poop snap poop it's from over there
2: yeah well
3: and people, I guess, when they go out, they take pictures and they send us this way. They're going to go to this restaurant. Mm. You don't have to go over there. Close step. And, yeah. I had a couple in here from San Francisco last time. You know, mm. They said it's really bad, it's dirty. It's a shame. you are going to pay a top dollar. You yeah. shouldn't have to deal with that. Yeah
2: san frame same frame let me tell you a little something I heard about same frame same frame z sco what I heard from a man from same frame who was in my vein I heard that if you walk down the street in same frame there's a sort of a machine in the street uh, that machine it, can't, it will trundle towards you and stop you from moving along the pavement and it will in a robot voice uh, say something like stop citizen and then if you stop that's it that's you saying yes to the machine and then the machine says to, I'm not gonna do the voice no more, cause uh, I don't respect the machine race, but uh, to paraphrase uh, the same frame machine, what it will do is it will ask you, it will open up like a a sort of a a cup on its front, and the front cup, it's a, a, a laser screen comes up and it says, Piss in the cup for Google. And no one in San Francisco knows what Google's doing with all the piss of the citizenry. So it's pretty fucked up out there. You know what I'm saying?
3: You're You're gonna need some
2: yes. Of course you're right. The robots that collect your piss are real. There's no such thing as snap poop. Um, and you can tell that because at the start, um, I say that uh, they should build a facility to put all homeless people in. Um, to get them off the streets. And obviously that language is so chilling that it can't possibly re- be real. And that's just satire for me. That's definitely not something a real person said. So thank the Lord. Clips two, the the two bracket. This time we're going on a much more familiar ground, and this is um, the state of American football, and more particularly the future of legend and, uh, as far as I can tell, one of the most hated men in the world, Tom Brady. Uh, so here we go. People think- Defeating my balls to win all my big games When Brady, you're all bitter Well, if you hate Brady, this is what I'll give you A little bit of Gronk after a large dinner
3: Tom Brady's I'm the number one quarterback, right? Yeah. You know he's the 15th highest paid quarterback in the league Yeah, yeah. 15 Yeah So that means if he's the best mm-hmm. 14 of these other guys are going to pay way more money than him oh, yeah. Does that make sense? But you're the best Right The reason being Tom Brady says, listen I want a good contract mm-hmm. but i don't want to get crazy paid yeah what he says is i'll take a little bit less mm-hmm. but you're going to sign gorkowski yep. you're going to keep my guys yep, yep. that's the deal yeah i'll sign for less but you keep my guys right right and that's what's kept them good for so many years mm-hmm. yeah they had a good offensive line mm-hmm. that's what kept them good but if mahomes gets out of his brain and says, hey, no, I want $40 million in yeah. a Russell Williams contract. The teams are going to fall apart. Mm. Do huh? you think Brady's going to
1: leave? Huh? Do you think
3: Brady's going to leave? The only team I could see him on is two. Mm. And that would be if Drew Brees left, the Saints mm. or San Diego. Mm. Those are the only two teams I could see him going to. He can't go to a rebuilding team. Mm-hmm. He's too old. Mm. He wants to win now. So... What teams really fit that criteria? Minnesota, man. Uh, you know what I mean? So, and who the hell is going to give 30 thirty million nights? Right. This late in his career? Yeah. I wouldn't.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're going to tell me that what Tom Brady is going to play, left line blitz down on the hoop, making plays all day, all night, 27 hours a week. And he's going to get paid, what, out of 34 million uh, smackaroos? The thing you got to remember about Tom Brady is that the guy is a champion. He's a champion. No no one's, no one's, one, even even the haters, aren't going to say he's not a champion. Because the guy's got the shoes. He's got the shoes. He's got the anklet. He's got the players' uh, jewels. And they come all the way up his body and he makes the plays that no one else can see. I mean, you try and tell me that uh, Giseraphone or uh, Harry Gambler or, <laughs> or, or the Char- Charlie's hairstyle is gonna make anything like the plays that Brady's got in his back pockets, in you know, his front pockets, up the, the little pocket on the short that you got on a, a smaller short. He's got all the pockets, and he's got plays inside those. He's he's going to he's gonna play you down the middle. He's going to take you to church. He's going to go up the left alley, and he's going to make you look stupid. And just don't even try and tell me Gesseraphone's going to do that shit. Because he ain't. I see him week in, week out. I don't watch him, but I see him week in, week out trying these plays, and it's ridiculous watching the man scrabble in the doigt, Uh, just trying you know he's trying to make the ball move out of his hand into another's to score points which is the game of American football or football as I call it and as my father called it as my grandfather called it my family goes all the way back to the Mayflower they were on the Mayflower playing football and that's how my grandma fell off because she got tackled it was a it's a fucking good sack (laughs) for if you that's what I heard anyway God bless, Grandma. I, you know, God knows where she is now, probably. (sighs) I don't know. Some beach. Just on a beach. You guessed it. It was number two again. That's the real one. Because, and the way you can tell, the clue is that, of course, there's no one in the world called Mahomes. Mahomes is a very silly name, and uh, I obviously made that up in the first clip, um, so that's how you could guess. Uh, I could Sorry, my improv's not that good, I just couldn't come up with a name better than Mahomes. On to our final clips, and we're going to stay on the sports theme. Uh, this one's more of a sort of, um, there's a certain pathos about it, I would say, The interesting thing about this is it's about basketball, but it's less about basketball than it is the sort of integrity of the American spirit, Um, the, the strength of man that has been lost in the last 20 to 30 years, as exemplified by weak, weak basketball players now versus the strong, angry men of days past. So here are those clips. Everybody get up! It's time to slam now. We got the real jam going down. Welcome to the
1: space jam. Space jam. Here's your chance. Do your
3: dance at the space jam. All right. All right. All right. These guys are second-rate athletes. I guess they're tough. They're weak. They may look strong. But Back in the day, they played real defense. Mm-hmm. You come in the middle, cast throwing no elbows, really very physical. Mm-hmm. These guys went to last. These guys today, they cry. They miss a shot. Oh, it must have been fouled. I would have loved to see all these big name guys playing with the old school dudes. Mm-hmm. You see what happens. You'll watch them all cry. Trying to look for a call and shit, they ain't gonna get it. Charles Barkley broke in half. He's a big dude. He was strong. You had so many strong players back in the day. Like physical players, not just because their body would be. they was big. They were strong. Break you down, man. Imagine seeing blood in a basketball game. Me? that yep. like, happened. Yeah, no, I'm saying back in the day, oh, yeah, guys are full elbows like boom last year. You'll never see another Michael Jordan ever. No, never. These kids can't even come too close to school, they tying their shoes, <laughs> bare mouth trying to be
2: like him. Good, yeah. that guy was so clutch. These players these days these basketball players they yeah great they look big they got muscles they look like they could take out my wife uh, for a nice dinner and she would immediately leave me Uh, and that's fine I keep my wife away from any major court in the basketball arena but these men these uh, you know what? I don't even call them men. These boys, these children that we got playing out on the courts all around the United States, the contiguous United States of America. Because I haven't seen what Alaskan b-ball looks like in recent years. Uh, not since I was there on a particularly long fair. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. That was a, what a, what a couple of months that was. Me, my fair, my van. Going from Las Vegas to Alaska, and back. I made about $30 on it. It was a real payday for me. Anyway, to get back to my point, none of these children, none of these b-ball children, any of them, none of them have a conception of the kind of thing that was happening, what, 20 years ago? I'm talking 1996. You remember, you remember, you don't remember, because you got to look about you. You don't pay attention, but 1996 let me tell you actually before 90, let's set this up in 1973 a young michael jordan tells his father that he wants to go to the university of north carolina at chapel hill to play in the championship team and then to go to the nba uh, then we see a compilation of highlights from jordan's basketball career from his high school years to his years with the chicago bulls which is followed by an exploit of the 1993 press conference in which Jordan announced his retirement from professional basketball to pursue a career in baseball, we all remember this, in which Jordan is popular, no doubt, but he's less skilled. Meanwhile in outer space, the amusement park Mount Moron faces decline, resulting in the owner, Mr. Swackhammer, sending his diminutive minions, the Nerd Lux, to Earth to abduct the Looney Tunes as a newer attraction. Upon the Nerdlucks arrival, Bugs Bunny and the other Looney Tunes take advantage of the Nerdlucks' small stature and challenge them to a game of basketball. Through a cursory course on the definition of basketball, the Nerdlucks learn that the sport's best players are employed by the NBA and accept the proposal. After stealing the talents of NBA players Charles Barkley, love that guy, Sean Bradley, Patrick Ewing, Larry Johnson, and Muggsy Bogues, the Nerdlucks transform themselves into the large muscular and talented monsters, which prompts Bugs to seek professional aid. We all all remember that. Anyway you know, to cut a long story short while golfing with Bill Murray and Larry Bird and his personal assistant Stan Podolak who looks like the guy from uh, Jurassic Park uh, Jordan is suddenly lassoed down a hole and into the Looney Tunes world Bugs explains the situation to Jordan whom Hope is placed on as one of the best basketball players in the world We all know this, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan, you know, he's, he's got the reach. Although Jordan was initially reluctant, he agrees to play after a confrontation with the Monstars insults his pride. A newcomer, Lola Bunny, also joins the team. Jordan sends Bugs and Daffy back to his house to obtain his basketball gear, where Stan sees them and follows them back to Looney Tune land, where Michael reluctantly agrees to let him help. Meanwhile, the sudden incapacity of the five NBA players that have been caused by the Stars leads to worldwide panic, the results in the NBA season ending early. We all remember because, oh god, I, I had bets placed. I had bets placed and I didn't get that money back. I was furious, but obviously I didn't understand the, the plight of the Looney Tunes and Michael Jordan. We'll get there, we'll get there. You, anyway, you remember, but I'm just going to tell the story anyway. They try to restore their skills through... uh, This is Barclay and his pals. They try to restore their skills through practice, hospitalization, therapy, and prayer, but to no avail. And on the day of the match, the Monstars dominate the first half, uh, 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 sinking the Looney Tunes' morale. Stan overhears about how the Monstars obtained their talent and informs Jordan. After Bugs tricks the Toons to drink water disguised as micro-secret stuff, he and Jordan rally the team and dominate the soikoyde using old school gags and acme weaponry. During a timeout, Jordan raises the stakes with Swackhammer. A win for the Looney Tunes would require the Monstars returning their stolen talents. However, a win for the Monstars would earn Swackhammer Jordan himself, Michael Jordan, as a new attraction for Moron Mountain. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm not emotional about this. After making the deal official with Jordan, Swackhammer orders the Monstars to play as doity as possible in order to ensure victory. You know, we don't see that kind of thing anymore. I miss it. I miss that doit. As such, one by one, the Looney Tunes and even Stan are all injured by the Monstars' rough playing throughout the fourth quarter until the roster is whittled down to Jordan, Bugs, Lola and Daffy. Nevertheless, the Looney Tunes continue to play fair throughout this, good guys, but you know, you could play with a bit of toy if you want it, though, and are eventually able to come within one point of the Monstar's lead. With 10 seconds left in the game, and this this was fucking crazy, guys, 1996, you never seen anything like it again. With 10 seconds left in the game and the Looney Tunes needing one more player, Bill fucking Murray shows up in a surprise move and is recruited to fill the spot he came on the it it doesn't say like you remember he came on the court and he went da 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 like that cuz fuck it bill murray that guy you hear stories about anyway i'm gonna get back to it murray pulls off some impressive moves to help jordan gain the ball jordan jumps for a dunk shot but is grabbed by the monsters and pulled back remembering a remark from bugs that cartoon physics applied to him he extends his arm and scored the winning fucking basket making the Looney Tunes the winners of the match seeing the Monstars being reprimanded by Swackhammer Jordan helps them realize that they only listened to him because they were smaller the Monstars encased Swackhammer in a rocket and sent him to the moon Giving up their stolen talent, the Nerdlucks are recruited into the Looney Tunes ensemble and drop off Jordan at his next baseball game. I don't know why I've not been saying Jordan the whole time. Michael Jordan. <laughs> later, Jordan visits the incapacitated basketball players and returns, returns their talent, to which the players provoke a reluctant Jordan into participating in a 3-on-3 match. Two years later, Jordan returns to the Chicago Bulls, to resume his basketball career now you're fucking telling me that these guys these days these fucking children on the court aren't actually they don't know what happened in space jam they don't know the space jam story that's fucking ridiculous that is the story of our times that is the story of basketball that is why it's never gonna get better than that i'm fucking telling you anyway i'm sorry that we've been stuck in this parking space this whole time i will take you to the airport now goodbye hey, DJ, turn it And if you guessed two, of course you were right. Space Jam uh, was the last great moment for American basketball. And all the other shit about what, men elbowing each other in the court, that kind of thing. I just couldn't come up with anything better than Space Jam. Because Space Jam was the best thing that ever happened to sports. Anyway, I've got to go and eat um, a waffle on a horse that's what you do over here in San Francisco. Um, So I better run. But I do hope you've enjoyed this look into the artistic process that I have offered you today. Um, Enjoy yourselves. I'll probably be back soon if I'm not gunned down by a rogue element. But I'll leave that to the fates. Enjoy yourselves. Kiss, kiss. Bye, bye.
0: It's time for me to leave you now, never to return. You'll never hear this sexy voice again because I think I'm finally getting over this cough now, and next week I probably won't have enough phlegm in my sinuses to produce this rich, mellifluous warble. <clears throat> It is my dying wish that you go to patreon.com slash regularfeatures and chuck a buck or two over here to help my favorite boys achieve their mission statement of finding a feature that's worth repeating. If you can't afford that, or if you simply don't want to send money to us, then that's fine. Just think fondly of us, your friends. And most importantly, take a moment to enjoy being you. Pat your hands down your sides, jabbing your fingers into the bits you like, and avoiding completely the bits of your body that you hate. That's how I convince myself I'm not an absolutely fucked up shape, and it might work for you. I love you all in my normal voice, even more so if you spend money in the King Billy Public House in Nottingham. Thank you very much, I love you. Be a customer.